The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. So great to have you on my program today. Thanks for joining us yet another time with me in the studio. This is going to be a lot of fun. First time guest today, Gary Williams, is a person involved with Evangelism Explosion. Now, that would be enough. Then we could talk an entire program. We're going to be talking about that, though, in a while. But Gary is much deeper than just even that one aspect. He's an author of a book I've got in my hand right now called Poetry and Prayer. He's also a guitar player, which instantly moved him up my list of favorite people. <laughs> <laughs> Gary is a singer and a guitarist, harmonica player. We'll learn about that as well. Gary, welcome to the program. Mike, it is a delight to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share what's going on in my life and my world. Now, we got to meet each other at the most recent chamber meeting. That's right. Uh, have you been a longtime member there, or is this new? No, it's uh, interesting. I used to be a member of the uh, Florida Central Florida Christian Chamber, but I stopped going many years ago and because I was there as a part of my business. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm involved in Evangelism Explosion, I came back and now I'm there for my ministry instead of my business. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned business. I know you were in the hospitality business. That's right. Tell us about that. So for 50 years, I was in the hospitality business. I own... I still own my own hotel management company that uh, is now partnered with a much larger hotel management company called Hotel Equities. My company was Coakley and Williams, or was and still is Coakley and Williams Hotel Management Company. And uh, so we managed hotels all over the United States. And we, uh, my family, we owned hotels, we operated hotels. And so I grew up in and around the hotel business and uh, actually, uh, it, it it I caught the bug, and, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's what I wanted to do. And that's now, did I you live that. in the hotels that you would no, your dad would manage? Or no, whatever? no, I, we didn't live. No, we lived in house. Most of the hotels in the business was based in the Washington D.C. area. Mm-hmm. So we, um, you know, our hotels were around the D.C. area, and so we just would go uh, and visit those hotels and help manage and over and oversee them. Now, where is home for you? Where did you grow up? I grew up in actually in Chevy Chase, Maryland. Uh, well, that's not far from DC then, no. right? So it, it's considered a suburb mm-hmm. of yeah. of of uh, DC, and so grew up around there, and then just kind of moved around DC in various houses uh, in in the area. But uh, that's where our businesses were, were located. A lot of our hotels and and various assets that we were managing. So you would have grown up in that area in the fifties, right? Fifties and sixties. Good guess. I was born in 1952. Ah, see, you're just a little bit older than I. Now, it's not often I have people that are older than I. I was born in 53. Ah, okay. And I grew up in Indiana, uh-huh. which is a lot different than the area that yes, you it, grew up. Yes. Well, of course, you know, it, it depends on where you were in Indiana, but uh, Washington, D.C. is a big, busy place. Oh, yeah. Even Lots then, it was crazy. And, uh, you know, growing up in that hotel business, that is such a varied uh, thing. I mean, it is so many aspects when you manage. People don't realize when 
your careers in hospitality, the different areas, you, you just about manage what any individual would do in their, in their own personal life. Yes. Everything from food, lodging, uh, things like amenities, air conditioning, all of that has to be brought into the scope of what you manage. You name it. Yes, it's, uh, it's managing the buildings. Of course, have the staff and the people. You have all of the different details of accounting, human resources, IT, mm-hmm. uh, everything, sales and marketing. So you have to be a part of it all because you're really, you know, sometimes people think of hotels is just a uh, a building, but it's not. It's a business. It's an ongoing business. Yeah, it's, it's right. a, actually, it's a 24 uh, seven. It, it's seven days a week, 24 hours a day business that's constantly going. A lot of people, a lot of actions, lots of going, comings and goings. And uh, it's very busy and a very complex business that most people don't realize how complex it is. Yeah, you have not only all of the physical things, the building, the electricity, all of that, but you also have people that are guests and just managing that one aspect alone, that can be kind of a full-time job all by itself. Well, of course it is. You know, that's what we're there for is yeah. to serve the guests and, and to make them happy and to provide a, a safe, secure, uh, clean and a pleasant environment, and that's what it's all about. So all these years of doing that, were you doing that as a believer, or did you come to the Lord later? Interesting that uh, you would point that out. I accepted Christ when I was 28 years old. Oh, you were what an ha- adult. What happened at, at, at that point, I up until that point, I was working in my father's business. My father had a partnership, and Coakley and Williams, the name of the partnership, and I was working for my dad and, and, and Mr. Coakley. And I was actually, my father was the builder and developer. He was out building buildings and Mr. Coakley was the management end of the company and I was working directly for him. And so I really, things weren't working out so well between he and I, and I wasn't so happy about that. And I was also living with a gal and that wasn't working out so Mm. well. And things just didn't seem like they were working in my life. And uh, my grandmother, she kept getting on me. She kept, she wouldn't leave me alone. And actually my book is dedicated to my grandma because she just would not leave me alone. She, and she uh, kept getting on me and telling me I was going to the wrong place and doing the wrong things. But one thing she finally did is she gave me a Bible. So after two years, that Bible sat on my shelf. And one night when things were just not working out at my job, working for my father's partner and my girlfriend, my living girlfriend, those weren't working out. I looked over, I saw that Bible and I said, you know what? I'm going to read it. I'm going to tell my grandmother there's nothing there for me. And get off my back. Leave me alone. I have no interest <laughs> in this stuff. And, and I, I did what you asked. I read this thing. And there's nothing here for me. Well, Placating grandma. <laughs> yeah. Well, God had a different plan. Yes, he did. I started reading that. And, and it just was amazing. I was just blown away by the truth that was there before me. And I said, wow, this is amazing. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. So I asked my gal that I was living with, I said, you got to leave. I don't know what's going on. You got to leave. I started going to church with my grandmother and in church, I received Christ as my savior. And mm-hmm. uh, in the E we, E we say, we received the gift of eternal life. We can talk about that later. But anyway, so after that, shortly thereafter that, that's when I got involved in evangelism explosion because mm-hmm. I f- discovered the greatest thing. It was amazing of what God has done for me and not just what God has done for me for eternity, but what God has done for me 
to live this life and how to live this life, which I could have never imagined before, that I could have hope, I could have joy, I could have peace, I could have purpose in life that I didn't have a clue about before. And even though I, I lived a good life, I had to own a house, a nice car, a nice girlfriend, all those nice things, but mm-hmm. they just didn't have a, a purpose. So what happened was is I started, uh, that's when I went down with my uh, my pastor of my church. We went down to Coral Ridge and we went through an evangelism explosion training. That was in 1981. Hmm. D, D. James would have still been there. D. James yeah. Kennedy was my trainer and he's the yeah. founder of, the, wow. of that ministry. Yeah. And so when I came back from that, one of the first things I did is I went over and after praying about it, I went over and I asked my gal that I used to be dating, I asked her out and I shared that good news with her and she accepted it. And then shortly thereafter, I asked her to marry me. Oh, so that the young lady yes. that you yes. parted ways with, yes, you reconnected. We did. In and, holy matrimony. And, in it? holy matrimony. And we've been <laughs> happily awesome. married for 42 years. And oh my. It just, it's just as a kind of a weird thing here. I had the woman of my dreams right there in front of me all the time. And I really didn't comprehend or understand fully what love meant and how to love and that love was putting another person before yourself until I came to Christ. That is so cool that you were able to lead her to the Lord. Yes. That is so cool. So the other piece of that puzzle is I came back and I, and I started treating my boss, which was my dad's partner. I started treating him differently. Even though he was my dad's partner, he was really calling the shots. (laughs) And, uh, and, and so he and I ended up, bonding a very, very close relationship. I ended up subordinating myself to him and learning from him and deciding, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to love this man. I'm going to learn from him. And boy, did I learn. He was a great mentor to me. I ended up becoming very close. I worked for him for 28 years. Wow. And, and then when he, he finally, he, along with my dad, but he, he was the hinge pin. He agreed to sell me the business. And that's how I ended up owning a hotel management company. Isn't that something? But none of that would have happened. None of that would have happened had I not come to Christ and my life. Yeah. And going along the way, you know, yes, there's bumps in the roads. There's, you know, there's always challenges and difficulties, but I, I can honestly say looking back, it's, it was the best thing that ever happened to me without a doubt. Wow coming to Christ, it just changed my life and I'm excited about it. And, and that's kind of, that's really why I'm sitting here right now, because I want people to know that they can have a new life. They can have a, a life of, of purpose and a life of peace and a life of joy, and they can have eternal life by having a relationship with Christ. And that's what I'm here to talk about. You know, I talk to a lot of people, Gary, and I was struck by something a moment ago. And that was the joy that is obviously not not just in your life back then, but the joy that's in your life right now after all these years. Because when you were telling that conversion story, when you told it, it felt like it happened last night. Yeah, it did. It does feel like that. <laughs> well, I think that's awesome because I talk to a lot of people. And when they think back as they're telling the story, it's like they're pondering way, way, way back in memory somewhere when they, and they'll use terms like this, we walked an aisle, I walked down to the front, I went to the altar, I prayed. And, and it seems to lack that present day sense of joy and excitement that I mm. I hear in your voice. Yes. Why is that? Why Why do you think you 
have been able to maintain that level of joy, even in sharing your transformation story. Yeah. So the book that you have in front of you, the book that I, that I wrote says, um, a poetry and prayer, how to connect with God. When you become a Christian, you don't really necessarily know how to do whatever. And one of the things I just always wanted to have right from the get-go is I really wanted to have, be close to God. I Mm -hmm. wanted to have a a strong uh, prayer life. And so that is the, in my opinion, was the most important thing was to my journey to creating a daily prayer time in prayer and in the word. And I spend an hour every day without fail in prayer and in the word. Wow. I'm not saying that to try to make myself anything. I'm just saying that's a commitment I made some 20, I don't know, 25 years ago. And I haven't missed a day since that. That's a great statement right there. I mean, what a truth, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, it's, you know, I, I tell people, you know, you, you, we all make sure we feed ourselves every day, you know, but we much more important than the food. We could probably go for a few days without food, but we can't really go for a few days without spiritual food yeah. and yeah. spending time with God each day and spending time with the word each day is absolutely essential for life. Uh, because stuff is coming at us all the time and we need to be on our knees before our Lord and savior and confessing our sins. What kind of church was it that you grew up in? Because I'm interested in knowing they put a wonderful foundation in your life, whatever it was. What was it? Well, it's interesting. The very first church that I went to and, and I accepted Christ was a Methodist church, but I shortly thereafter uh, went to a church, which was where I, my main home church was, Forcey Memorial Church in Silver Spring, Maryland, a, a non-denominational mm-hmm. Bible teaching church. And um, so when when I was looking, we were looking for a church. Man, that's a, a long story. I don't want to knock any church, but we were looking for a church where we could be involved in evangelism because the first church I was at, they when I wanted to get involved in evangelism, they didn't really want that. So... I was driving down the street, and at this time, I didn't know a whole lot about much, but I saw a sign that said, on the outside, it says, Evangelical Bible Teaching Church. And I saw the word evangelical. I said, oh, that sounds like what I'm looking <laughs> That's for. That's close to evangelical. Yeah. yeah. So I, and, and you have to think back, you know, I didn't really know a whole lot about anything. And so I went in and I met with the two pastors, the senior pastor and the associate pastor. And I said, I said, um, is it okay if I do teach evangelism here? And they kind of looked at each other and they say, yeah, of course. <laughs> and so I taught evangelism there uh, for 25 years. Ah, you walk in off the street, basically. Yes. And they are that open. Yes, they were. Yeah, that's really incredible. I mean, you know, you've probably saw the movie that came out uh, in the last year called, uh, oh, it was about the Jesus movement. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Jesus the, revolution. That's it. Thank you. Uh, that movie that what you just said reminds me of the, uh, let's say the effect that that movement had on a lot of pastors. It really caused them as, as what we saw the role that Kelsey Grammer played in that, yep. that Chuck Smith role. Yep. It mm-hmm. caused them to lay down some of their maybe preconceived notions or filters that they would have uh, really ensconced about their lives and their hearts. And suddenly there's a new openness to God. 
And that's the one thing about EE that I've loved all of these years is the fact that it has kept the joy of salvation and f- newness of life in Christ front and center Absolutely. of everything that we do. Absolutely. And and that's really where the joy of serving the Lord comes from. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, just thinking back when, when I started teaching at Forsey uh, and again, I'm, I'd never taught a class before, or, you know, I just wanted, I wanted other people to learn how to do what I was doing. And, and so I would start classes. I, I'll just, one guy sticks out in my mind. His name was Larry Wharton. Larry and I are still great friends. Uh, And uh, Larry came to the class and he said, you know, I've been going to church all my life. I've always wanted to, I've grown up in church. I've always wanted to be able to share my faith with somebody. And I just didn't know how I didn't know where to start. So I said, okay, Larry, come on, you're going to be my trainee. And I trained Larry and about, it was a 13 week course. They, we call it the classic EE course is 13 weeks and about eight weeks in. Uh, well, first of all, he started out, he, he, when he went with the first class, he said, I'll never be able to do this. <laughs> I can't do this. I said, Larry, you can stick with it. He did stick with it. And about eight weeks in, I watched him share the gospel with a woman and I watched her and he got to the end. He says, would you like to receive the gift of eternal life? And she said, yes. And I watched him just explode with excitement. He said, you would, you would. <laughs> and that, that woman, too, as far as I know, she's still uh, attending Forest Memorial Royal Church. But oh, Larry has cool. been on fire ever since. He calls me up to make sure I'm still doing what, <laughs> you're doing. what I'm supposed yeah. to be doing. Yeah. And, uh, and so just stories like that and just to see God take people that God's placed this passion into people to want to share the gospel, but they don't know how they don't know where to get started, how to, how to begin a conversation. They just don't. And, and once they get into the conversation and they're afraid of having questions thrown at them that they don't have the answers to all these fears and these problems. And that's what we're here with evangelism explosion is to take away well, not, I wouldn't say 100% of it, but take away most of it so that you have a pathway to be able to feel comfortable and confident in sharing your faith. It's not just a program. I think it's important to all of us realize that it's not just like a uh, a 12-step program or a one, two, three punch, you know, right in the nope. nose with the gospel. It's really a lifestyle. It really is something that we need to have at the root of our hearts, at the basis of our heart. I think of the scripture that says, freely you have received, freely give. Mm -hmm. So somebody would say, when do you need to start discipling somebody else and share the the moment you get saved? Yes. Because we need to bring somebody else along with us. Yes. Gary Williams is my guest. I'll be back with Gary in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3570. Afternoons with Mike. So glad to have you along with us. My guest today is Gary Williams, who dropped by our studios here at The Shepherd. Gary is an author. He has 48 years in the hospitality business, and he shared a little bit about that, how he and his family 
I've been a part of the hotel management scene. Uh, and then he became the kind of the owner of this company as well. And I just love that story of how that the partner to your dad, in the beginning, you weren't connected the way you were connected later. But the difference maker was not anything that happened either in his way of doing things or your way of doing things, except for the fact that you became a believer. Yes. And I, I loved how you said you became subservient. You placed yourself now as a learner instead of someone who's maybe angry or bitter or feeling yep. privileged like some people do, yep. whose parents are in control of things. You acted like a humble man. Yes. And it made a huge difference in that relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it's an exciting journey that, uh, that God allowed me to travel on and yeah. learn so much from, I, I learned, uh, uh, my father's, my, both my father and his partner, they were great men, but, uh, Mr. Coakley was, I learned to love him and care about him and respect him. He was a, a great man and I learned so much from him because I allowed myself to do that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem yeah. at the beginning in our relationship where the problem was, is Mr. Coakley was very detail oriented and very, he wanted everything right. And if it wasn't right, he would, uh, he would look for the things that are wrong and, and, and me, you know, uh, being the kind of personality, I was always looking for a compliment and that just wasn't what his deal was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so once I learned to understand him and understand, he just wanted things right. He wanted to see things right. And that I've learned that in my life now and in my business and my career to always try to make things the best they could be. Cause that's what his, his whole thing was. He wanted things to be the best. You know, you're an owner and you've been an owner for years. When you look at the culture of America and let's say the work ethic that you would have uh, faced and employed all those years, when you compare then to what you see in the workplace today, what changes do you see and what should we, what can we do to get back? Yeah, it's, it's hard to generalize, uh, but what the world really needs is Christ. I agree. The The problem is, is as you know, everybody talks about it, social media and the news and all of these things have just get into people's minds and get into people's hearts and what people focus on in their minds and their hearts, they become like that. And, and it creates division and bitterness and anger. And it also creates a, a sense of a, a meism. It's, I, if I don't get what I want, then I... I'm going to move on or I'm going to sue you or whatever it is. And that's just not the way it is in the Bible and what Jesus tells us mm -hmm. how to live our lives. And so I think the best possible thing we can do for our country, I, I'm sorry to keep coming back to it, but the best and most important thing we could possibly do is for people to come to know Christ mm -hmm. because then their hearts change, their hearts become soft, and then they, we can learn to really love people and understand people and care about people as Jesus did. He is our great example. Now, our news media in this country today would like to tell you and like to make it seem to everyone who's watching or listening that people aren't interested. In the Bible, that people aren't interested in the church, that young people by and large are not going to be going because no one cares. And that's really not true. That's not true at all. It's interesting. Uh, we, I took a couple pastors out. We, I just did a, uh, by the way, the reason why my, my voice is shot 
is because <laughs> I taught all day Saturday. I taught yesterday. And then also I lost my voice last week at an evangelism explosion retreat. So I apologize for my voice, but I took a a pastor out, he and an associate pastor out a couple of weeks ago and, and to go out just in the shopping center near his church. I said, come on. He ended, I ended up teaching at his church all day, Saturday, the 13th, January 13th, Catalyst uh, International Church, amazing church, amazing pastor, uh, Joel Aviles, he's an awesome guy. So I took him and his associate out and we went out and, and we just walked up to people and we started a conversation with them and we uh, entered into a, a spiritual conversation and he was amazed at how many people were interested to talk to us. Yeah. People want to hear, they want to know, they want to know. And, but people aren't telling them, people aren't explaining it to them. So that's what we're here for. Now you're talking about a type of evangelism, quite frankly, in my discussions with church members over the years, it scares a lot of people to death. The concept of just going out cold, whether it's in a shopping center or maybe on a street corner and introducing yourself and just starting a conversation that just rattles the brain and probably the back teeth of <laughs> just so many people. Yeah. But yet that's what you're talking about that you did. Yes. But this is, I think people, some people have a, I think he has a bad rap because people think it's a knocking on doors ministry. No, 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 no. Evangelism explosion. One of the key hinge pins of evangelism explosion that makes it more unique than any other training ministry is we have what's called on the job training. So we, yes, we have classroom where you learn the techniques and the skills to share the gospel, but also we go out and do it in real life situations. Mm. Now, just like I was in that shopping center, but that doesn't mean that's all we do. The whole purpose of that is so somebody can be trained to share the gospel anywhere, anytime, any place with anyone. Mm -hmm. So yes, going out and you know, a shopping center and walking up to people, that could be a little scary, but that's how you learn. Yeah. That's how you get trained. Yeah. Once you get trained, then you're prepared to go anywhere at any time. You know, I, I have to say that I agree with you completely. And I think part of that training, what it does to us, it makes us better receptors to the Holy Spirit. We're aware more and maybe ready more quickly to share our faith when an opportunity comes our way. Like, for example, sitting in a a waiting room in a hospital. That's usually a pretty good place. Excellent place. Because people are usually upset yep. or they're worried yep. or maybe they're distressed over a diagnosis that's just come in or perhaps they are up there because they've been called and their their loved one is nearing death. That is a person and that I can't think of a person that wouldn't be ready yes. to talk to somebody about something eternal. Yes. And you just never know. Uh, last Friday, I had a gal come in from an air conditioning company uh, servicing my air conditioning. I had a brand new air conditioning unit uh, just put in in June, but it completely black, completely dead. And you know what my first reaction was to moan and groan, you know, uh, mm. we just spent all this money putting this unit in. Uh, blah, blah. So a call up, I, I was away all last week. So I had set her up or I didn't know it was her. I just set them up to come out on Friday morning. She came out on Friday morning. It was just this little dinky, um, 
uh, 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 I forget what you call it, but anyway, it was just a little piece that was bad in the thing. She fixed it and it was fine. And afterwards, I I just simply we were talking and I was filling out the paperwork and I said, "Hey, do you do you go to?" I got a chance to get to know her a little bit and I said, "Do you go to church?" And she said, uh, "Yes, I do." I said, "Oh, great, fantastic!" And asked her at church. She told me and uh, and I said and I then I said, "Do you mind if I share my story?" And so I shared the story kind of like what I just shared a little while ago. And she said, uh, it's great. And at the end of my story, I said, it's all because I know I have the gift of eternal life, that that's what changed me. And would it be okay if I ask you a couple of questions about your eternal life? She said, sure, go ahead. So I asked her, have you come to the place in your spiritual life where you know for certain that if you were to die tonight, you would go to heaven? Or is that something you're still working on? And she said, oh, yes, I know. I know. I said, oh, that's fantastic. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, so, well, let me ask you another question. Suppose you were to die tonight and you were to stand before God and he were to say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say to God? And she said, well, I'm a, I, I think I'm a good person. Oh, I, here we go. I yeah. think I, I do yeah. and something along these lines. I, I, I try to follow and, and do what I yeah. do what the right thing to do and try to, and I go to church and, and I, I pray every night. Things. Yeah. And, and so I said, Oh, okay. Well, you know, my answer would be different from that. May I share with you how I would answer that question? And she said, sure, by all means. Bottom line is I shared the gospel with her and she prayed and accepted Christ. Now, had I not been trained, I would not have been prepared and ready Well, you would that. have stopped right off because she told you she went to a church. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. exactly right. But yeah. but also in EE, we learned to ask that second question because many yeah. people think they're going to go to heaven. And they think it's on the basis of their goodness. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's just an example. And I had two other examples last week uh, when I was in the lobby of the hotel I was at. Uh, had a gentleman, he's, he's getting his dinner and I just, just started talking to him. And it just amazes to me, amazing to me, this man talked about how he had gone to, he told me the story, he had gone to church twice and how he had been rebuffed at church because of the way he looked and the clothes he had out on and he had been, and, and he ended up not going back, but he still wanted to know. And I shared with him and he prayed and accepted Christ. Wow. So you just don't know, but you made up a, great point earlier. It's the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So I'm praying every single day, God put me in front of people who want to hear the good news. You place the people. I don't have to worry. I don't, it's not no, no stress. Yeah. There's no problem. There's no uh, anxiety. I'm not afraid. I'm not worried about anything. I've asked God and God is placing these people in front of me. All I have to do is be ready to share. That's, That's all. it. Yeah. Years ago, a friend, Larry Tomzak, said this. He said, God provides, and he wrote a book about it called Divine Appointments. Yep. And that's what you're describing. You're talking about things that God has set up and he's appointed, if yes. you will, yes. you and for me to go out and to spend our lives and to spend our time and be ready yes. whenever an opportunity knocks or reveals itself yes. as what's happened to you. Divine appointments. I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, he, he uses that term. It was a divine appointment. The, the, the gal I talked to Friday, the guy I, guy I talked to, they were divine appointments. But I, I was studying uh, through the Gospels uh, a couple weeks ago and just watching and, and thinking about Jesus and every single person he touched and how he touched them. And it occurred to me, every person I meet, is a divine appointment. Mm -hmm. Every single person I come in contact with is a divine appointment. So 
if I do or I don't get a chance to share the gospel with them, I can touch their lives in some way with the love of Christ as Christ did wherever he went. And, you know, that's an, an important part of the process because people who do come to the Lord rarely ever come on the basis of the very first touch of a person who's sharing the news about Jesus. I've read, I don't know if you've, this would be corroborated by your past, but I've read that it takes most people seven encounters with God in one form or another before they come to faith. Yes, I've heard that too. I would would like to have a nickel for every time I've started in a conversation and, and started talking about spiritual things and and when somebody was said, oh, it's so funny you should bring that up. My wife and I were just talking about this. Uh, oh, I was yeah. just thinking about this. You know, I just yesterday I was, I, I just, for the first time in a long time, I prayed. God is working in people's hearts and minds. And not a coincidence. Not a coincidence at all. Mm-hmm. And it happens all the time. And so God is preparing people's hearts, but he has called us as believers, as followers of Christ. Christ's first command is, is uh, follow me and you will become fishers of men, yeah. fishers of men. Yeah. So that's his first command. His last command was that you shall be my witnesses. Right in Acts chapter one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're to be, this is what we're called to do. What more important thing could I ever yeah. come up with in my entire life? You know, um, if, if I had the cure for cancer, my my mother died of liver cancer. My father had prostate cancer. My wife has had breast cancer three times. Cancer has rocked our family. And I'm sure for people that's listening to this, many people's families have been rocked. If I had the cure for cancer, I'd be getting, get on every radio station, get in front of every mm-hmm. person. I could, I've got it. I've got the cure. But you know something? We have something far more insidious and that's sin. Mm-hmm. And we have the cure for sin mm. right in our, in our mouths, right in our mouths to share with people how they can have a new life on this earth and eternal life forever. Mm. What could be possibly more important than that? Right. A worship leader friend of mine, Gary, once told me, he said, and it wasn't just me he said this to, he said this to our group as he was sharing. He said, it is so good every time we stand up and we get to share about Jesus. It is so good to always have in the back of our mind the memory that the greatest thing to which we need to be set free from, the greatest problem that we could ever have in our life has been already met and taken care of by Jesus. So therefore, the things we would fear, we shouldn't fear. The things that would keep us out of joy shouldn't keep us out of joy. And when it comes to coming before the Lord, we should have this as our basis, that the greatest need that I have in my life, he's already delivered me from it. Yes. That changes things. Yes. Yeah. Having an eternal perspective. You know, it's interesting as I'm getting, I'm 71 now, as I'm getting further along down the road, you know, the gold standard in my life is time. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make the most of my time and use it as the best I possibly can to do God's work. And, yeah. and it's not just to do God's work. I want to help people come to know the Lord and Savior that I know who is worth everything. I love that. The gold standard. Yeah, I'm going to use that, my friend. Time. That's right. We all, 
we know that we don't have all of the time in the world. I mean, a lot of people live like they do. Mm -hmm. I shared with a guy in a hospital one time, and uh, I had the privilege that day of going to see him, uh, a man, Gary, that looked as healthy as anybody else I'd ever seen. I was shocked to hear that he was terminal. And so I, w I went up to see him thinking he would look like somebody ready to die, but he did not. He was alert. He was talkative. And his problems were obviously much deeper than what showed on his face. But in that discussion that I had with him, I asked him after I, we prayed, and he, he prayed to accept the Lord after I shared the gospel awesome. with him. And I asked him, I said, man, tell me why it is a guy like you, as affable as you are, as intelligent as I know you are, why is it that you had never prayed such a prayer before? Because I know you've heard someone talk about the Lord before in your life, right? He goes, oh, yeah. He said, I, I think the real reason is somehow, for some reason, I believed I was going to live forever. Mm, wow. You know, he died the next day. Wow. Wow. He did not live forever. Yeah. And the shocking news to us all, neither will we. That's right. Uh, our time is coming. Yeah, it's, it's funny you should say that. Just, well, I guess it's about three weeks ago now, I was up at uh, my brother's house in Atlanta. He's building a pool in his backyard, and the two guys that were on the company, we went over to their office to pick out tile, uh, you know, the, the decking and all. And so um, I went ahead and, you know, in the proper time and situation, you know, all of these situations, you know, the Holy Spirit is working on me. <laughs> That's right. Well, let's hold that thought right there because okay. I'm up against a break. Okay. And I don't want to cut that short because this right. story is going to be good. Yep. The pool story with a tile and all coming okay. your way in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike and you're on The Shepherd. Join host Mike Gilland for The Shepherd at Work every Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. You will be introduced to a marketplace leader that will help you learn to walk out your faith wherever you live and work. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community throughout our area. That's The Shepherd at Work, this Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. Gary Williams is my guest today on the program. Gary is involved with EE. Uh, as a background, he was involved in the hospitality business, but he uh, really came to the Lord in his 20s. And you were just telling us, I want to get right back into that. You were telling us a story. Uh, and we're all in the context of how God uses us, how God leads us into conversations, divine appointments. Yes. And you were telling us a story about a pool guy that was working on right. uh, putting in a pool. Tell, right. Finish that story. Yeah. So the two guys that we were talking to, one of them, one of them as I ended up, as I talked about earlier, I ended up getting into uh, asking if I could share the gospel and they, and I asked the questions and they gave me the wrong answers. And one of them said he was Jewish. And I said, that's okay. You can still hear this. That's fine. <laughs> and, uh, and so I shared the gospel and, the, and after I got done, the other man said, you know, I did accept Christ when I was 16 years old. He says, but I haven't been following the Lord. I haven't been walking in that, uh, uh it, close to him. And, uh, and so I, counseled him and I encouraged him to get back to going to church, reading his Bible, spending time with God in prayer and the things that we would do to help counsel somebody to get back closer to God. Mm -hmm. Well, he died two days later. He was 49 years old. 
1949. No signs of that None, at all the day you were had there. no idea. He, he just died. I, I, st- I need to find out why he died, but he died. Uh, and so um, you just don't, like you were saying earlier, you just don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. my, my um, this has happened years ago. My wife, uh, my, her dad went into the hospital and she didn't have a close relation. That's another story. I didn't have a close relationship with him, but he went in the hospital and she asked me to go and talk to him, meet yeah. with him. And so I did. And uh, that night he, my wife and he is a Catholic background and they did not, um, you know, their, their spirituality was going to church on Christmas and Easter and that kind of thing. And so, which is, that could be not just Catholic. It could be any, mm-hmm. any denomination, but that's the way they we were. But anyway, make a long story short. Uh, it, it, the, as the night went on, I had the Holy spirit speaking to me and I, and God just kept saying, you need to talk, you need to share the gospel. So I did. And, uh, and at the end of that night, he made a decision and he accepted Jesus Christ as his savior. And he died the next day. Yeah. I mean, that is how point, uh, point taken here on the critical timing when we just don't know. I mean, God knew that. Yes. But the guy might not have even realized that he was that close. He, he, he in his mind, he thought he was going to be up and out, but he yeah. did. He said that to me. I'll be out of here by the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I we, mean, we just don't know. But we're, you know, we're looking forward to seeing him uh, in again heaven. in heaven. You yeah. Know? And uh, that's going to be fun. You know, uh, Gary, I, I can't think of how many stories uh, i've experienced my own life but a guy like you you've got stories and and it's not just because you are you uh, i get it that you're saying this is the uh, the way that god wants all of us yes. to live yes because that word was not just given to those again air quotes come in here evangelistically gifted people that's right when he said you will be my witness that's right and it was to all of those that were standing within earshot of the Lord that day. And we know that that means way beyond those that were physically there to those who still have ears to hear today. And we are called to be his witnesses. And the the outcome of our witnessing, that's up to God. Yes. I'm sure that you don't make it a point of your morning prayer Lord, let me only talk to people who are going to die tomorrow. No, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that. No. But but we never know that. We don't. And we don't know whether they'll ever, in front of us or not, accept the Lord. That's right. But our role is to share the good news. That's exactly right. Going back to my friend Larry that I talked about earlier, you know, Larry, he was a bus driver. He Nothing fancy going on in his life. He... You know, he didn't have higher education. He He's just a regular guy. Mm-hmm. And God's using him to share the gospel. And uh, and I, I consider myself a regular guy. I don't consider myself of anything of special or importance. But God took me and could use me. Even with all my background and baggage of sin, God could still use me. Yeah. I think that one of the things that happened early on to you is that you were one that had the ears and the eyes to see and hear the joy of the Lord that came from the role of the gospel being shared to you. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, a lot of us either forget it or we don't realize what a blessing that is. And maybe we don't realize how much God wants to use just everyday ordinary people like I am. Yeah, But he does. 
Yes. And he will. Yes. And which, let's talk about evangelism explosion for a minute. Yes. So why is EE, first of all, there's a lot of different evangelism training uh, plans. But let me just say that from statistics that I've heard that 95% of believers, I'm going to repeat that, 95% of believers have never led anyone to Christ. Mm. That's a statistic I heard. Another mm. statistic I heard is that 75% of churches out there have no evangelism training going on in their church. And yet, just imagine for a minute, you know, it's wonderful that the pastor can share the gospel at the end of a sermon and people who happen to come to that church make a decision and come to Christ. It's wonderful. Absolutely necessary. needs to be done. But just imagine if every single believer sitting in that church, in any church, were out sharing their faith. And that's what we're all about at EE. We're about coming alongside of churches and helping pastors and churches implement evangelism training. And you had mentioned this earlier. It's not just a program. This is life. We want people to learn to do this for the rest of their lives. I want to I want to, if God willing, if I'm in a bed and I have tubes coming out of me and the nurse comes in and she's the first person, she hadn't seen me before. I want to be able, if I'm still talking, share the gospel with her till the day I die. I want to be able to do that. And anywhere, everywhere. And that's what, if every believer were doing that, at least equipped to do that, at least Mm. equipped if, if somebody asked them or if an opportunity presents itself. They don't have to be worried about going out and knocking on doors or going into malls or they don't have to worry about any of that. Just somebody that they come in contact with that they have a conversation with. Why is it, Gary, that so many believers are not where you are in that viewpoint, in that enthusiasm? Why is that that so many of our churches are not expressing this the way you do? The reason, in my opinion, is that the job, the role of pastors and teachers and evangelists in the church is to equip the saints. That's right. Ephesians 4. Exactly. And and so that is not happening. Mm. What I might, what I, I've been around churches a lot. What I see, there's a lot of education. There's a lot of training. There's a lot of Bible learning. Nothing. No, I'm not knocking Bible learning. We all need all of the, all this training and education and everything. But there's just mm-hmm. this this is fear of sharing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, 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 Jesus even says so. He says the workers are few. Yeah. Pray to the Lord of the harvest for workers. And so that's what I'm here. I'm here begging. If there's pastors, there's leaders in churches, whoever they are yeah. out there, just. You can do it. It can be done. And I'm here and EE is here to help you. We don't want to come in and take over your church. We don't, that's not our role. Our role is to help you implement training. I want to back out of there as fast as I can so I can move on to the next guy, the Mm -hmm. next church. Because I I want you, whatever church you have, to be teaching and training evangelism so your members, every member, can be doing, sharing the gospel and have a passion for doing so. You know, I'm so excited to have you here, and this is the first of what I hope will be many visits up to the studio by you, Mm -hmm. uh, because I think this is a message to the greater church at large, not just a single church. We had your folks in. Dot actually came in to our church, uh, and it was at a day where several of the Castleberry area churches were coming together 
and wanting to get more formalized in training for evangelism. And Dot was there uh, to, Dot Yanis was there yes. to uh, train the people that were there that day. And it was so good. Uh, this is so important. And yet with all of the stuff that's going on, which, you know, they always talk about, how that the the truth of the Lord is like a star shining in the night. I mean, you see it most clearly when things all around it are the blackest. Well, if that's true, then sharing hope has never been at a point in time more important than today because the world is dark with hopelessness. Bingo. And yet you hold, I hold the truth that is like a shining star, a brightness that can pierce that darkness. Absolutely. Man, Absolutely. that's what we need to have. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Dot. She's my partner, and uh, she, she and I did this training um, a couple weeks ago, uh, an incredible lady. so She was on this program, oh, too. Oh, she was? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so, you know, EE is not difficult. It's just a matter of, you know, let me, let me just say to you, I've called up hundreds of pastors and well, take that back churches. I've emailed and emailed hundreds of pastors and churches. And, uh, I've just got a handful of responses, you know, uh, it, I, I, I know they're all busy. I, I get it. I'm busy too. Everybody's busy. I understand this, but all I, all I ask for is the opportunity to just sit down and talk and mm-hmm. let's see if, let's see if we can come up with a way that we can help your church become uh, equipped to be able to share the gospel. Oh my goodness. I've enjoyed this so much. If you've just tuned in, I've my guest, Gary Williams uh, with EE evangelism explosion. Give us the website for that. Evangelismexplosion.org. Now I want to talk real quick about your book before we go today. The book is called poetry and prayer. Again, you're a musician. You actually uh, do some gigging. That would be uh, the musician word. You I do. you play out in the, a restaurant or yeah, I uh, play at Logan's in Kissimmee on Thursday Logan's. nights when it's not. I'm playing out on the deck, so when it's not raining or too cold yeah. or too hot, <laughs> play yeah. And you play for tips, right? I, I do. And that's <laughs> wonderful. And you play harmonica yes. and guitar. Yes. And you are a songwriter. Yes. And uh, what I love about all of it, what fuels you the most in all of this is not just the music. It is the giver of the music. Yes. It is the giver who gave us this gift Absolutely. of freedom and eternal life. That's what Jesus brings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. It's, um, uh, I, I, I love music. I love playing. I love writing music and, uh, God has given me some neat, tunes to write over the years and uh they come out actually one song i would i dreamt the song and i sat down and i when i I woke up and i wrote down the song after dreaming it so uh, um uh, you know it's it's the poetry the music all of that is just god flowing in and through me and i am i'm humbled well it's great i mean you've got one poem after another and your writing style is is definitely poetic, but it's it's fueled. You can tell that there is a maturity to it that is seasoned by the Lord and with the Lord's purposes behind it. Mm-hmm. So this book, Poetry and Prayer, it's a book to help you connect with God. He has some writing in it, a whole lot of poems, and even some songs with chord charts. Yeah, that's not yeah, every day. And I you see can that. get that on Amazon.com. 
Amazon.com. Okay, Poetry in Prayer by Gary Williams. Gary, thank you for being here. Hey, it is totally my privilege, and, and, and I just consider it to be an honor to be here, and most of all, to be able to talk about the most important person in all of the all of the universe and that's our lord and savior jesus christ i agree completely friends thanks for joining us today on yet another program we'll see you next time on afternoons with mike